Eat Clean, Train Mean, Practice Forgiveness, Dr. Kendra Becker. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. Thank you for joining me today. Today, my guest is Dr. Kendra Becker, and I just shared with you her mantra, eat clean, train mean, and practice forgiveness. And we're going to get into what that means. And she gives the best definition of why forgiveness is essential to your physical health that I have ever heard. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. We're going to be talking about something very important that if you haven't heard about, you need to know about, and that is methylation. Dr. Becker has integrated a doctor of naturopathy and advanced practice nursing degree to provide the best possible care to her patients. Dr. Becker understands the importance of integrating conventional and holistic medicine and the importance of combining therapies appropriately. She believes in healing through genetics and specializes in treatment of challenging conditions such as asthma, autism, allergies, and eczema, as well as fertility. Dr. Becker is the author of two supportive books, A Delicious Way to Heal the Gut and All You Can Eat, and she is most passionate about genetic methylation defects as it almost prevented her from becoming a mother. Welcome, Dr. Kendra Becker. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am super excited to talk about methylation because we haven't talked about it on the podcast. So we're going to start with the basics because I know some people are tuning in and they're thinking, I don't even know what that is, Dr. Kieran. So why don't we start with the basics? What is methylation? Sure. So the easiest and most succinct way to describe methylation is it's a component of the detox pathway. It's one of the very important aspects of how our bodies eliminate toxins from our unique individual. So methylation is super important because if we are not able to bind up toxins and eliminate them in a safe and healthy way for our organism, then those toxins can build up in our organs and our kidneys and our liver and our brains and really cause kind of like a backlog or a bottleneck of problems that can lead to chronic disease. And so that's why methylation is so super important for us as humans. Okay. And how did you get interested in methylation? Why are you so passionate about it? With holistic medicine, as you all know, we all have our own personal stories and mine came exactly that way. I had been practicing. My husband and I decided it was time for us to start a family. I did my little ovulation predictor and you know, had sex on the right dates and then got pregnant. 14 weeks later, I had a miscarriage. And I thought, well, gee, I'm in my 30s. You know, it, it was just my mother had a miscarriage when she first got pregnant. So I thought, well, we're just just going to get right back on the horse and the same thing happened. I got pregnant 
pregnant right away and then I uh, miscarried at 14 weeks and I started to have my own aha moment about what the heck was actually wrong with my body because when you're in your 30s and you have two late miscarriages you know nobody wants to see you but some high level fertility specialist so at that point this was about 15 years ago was when all of the research had hit all of the different periodicals across the world about the difference between folic acid and synthetic folate or and uh, methylfolate and the importance of methylation particularly in pregnancy and so I just started doing a whole lot of research I was taking the wrong kind of folic acid myself because that's what the research had showed prior to that and once I had figured out my own methylation and was able to have two healthy babies on my own as as easy as it was to get pregnant the first time then I was able to kind of translate that education along with didactic to be able to help my patients and I just kind of have been in that rabbit hole for 15 years I thought I I thought I would get out and first it was fertility and then it was autism and then it was allergies and then it was eczema and now I just kind of live in that world <laughs> yeah you know I love that how our our pain that's my story too became my yeah. purpose and sure now you're so passionate about it so let's you talk about detoxification sure. and you know when i practiced mainstream medicine i told my patients that they didn't need to worry about detox their body took care of it and it wasn't something they needed to concern themselves with now i know that's not true at all right so most people listening probably say okay detox my body takes care of it i don't need to worry about it tell them why they need to worry about it well yeah it's kind of funny that you say that because you're absolutely right like my grandmother had horrific genes like to look at her genes she was she had two copies of mthfr she had every positive inflammation marker that was known to exist but she did natural biologic things that did help enhance her detox some people have the capability of doing that most do not but having that be said as you know detox is such an individual nuanced thing that you can't just go to the store and buy you know a package or a drink or a bunch of supplements and try to detox because unless those pathways are open particularly your methylation pathways that can be very very challenging for your body and what you end up doing is actually creating a higher toxic load and creating a, the potential for higher risk of disease right so you mentioned genetics there i come from a family that has crappy detox genes also same <laughs> So help everybody understand what is the role of genetics in this? So I always say our genes do not define us. You know, that's why we have genetics and then we have epigenetics. And epi, of course, means above the genetics. So certainly I fully believe and have studied that our environment and what we do to our bodies is far more important than the genes that we were handed to us by our, our parents. So I don't think that our genes define us. However, being mindful and knowing what what genes you have can certainly help set you up for a more appropriate detox experience, a longer, I would say a longer life, but that's, you know, a more balanced life, knowing what you have to deal with as far as genetics. And that's how I always kind of convey it to my patients in the sense that knowing what you have absolutely helps, but our genes do not define us. We need to be very, very kind or our environment needs to be very, very kind to our, our unique individual. And 
If we're wondering, say someone's listening and they're thinking, I don't know what my methylation genes are, mm -hmm. what would they ask their doctor for? So if you want to have a test, right, you can certainly go and ask your doctor to do a genetic test. You know, it's, it's a blood test. It's right on the same blab slip that you can get when you do a CBC or a, a cholesterol level, and it's just an MTHFR test. So having knowing that out of the 20,000 genes that we have that make up our unique individual, isn't, in my opinion, abundantly helpful. I like when my patients come in with their genetics, I like them to come in with a whole unique genetic profile. But the caveat here, of course, is if you're a healthy person, this is probably a gene that you've never, ever heard of, or methylation is never something that you would ever discuss. Methylation generally comes up in my practice or in your practice because patients feel generally crappy and they've tried a whole gamut of, of therapies and treatments and none of it has been effective. And that's one of the big challenges with methylation, as you know, is that your detox is so impaired. So the way that your body metabolizes pharmaceutical drugs is impaired, the way that you recover recover from a poor night of sleep is impaired. The way that you recover from drinking too much alcohol is impaired. And your body's ultimate job is to create glutathione and glutathione helps our cells repair. And if you have challenges in your methylation pathway, you can't actually make glutathione effectively or at the right levels for your body so it can accelerate aging. And I mean, we all like to look young, but we're really talking here about cellular aging. And so what are some symptoms that somebody might have? You, you mentioned that people don't ever hear about methylation problems unless they're among the sick population or not well population. Mm -hmm. What are some symptoms that might tip somebody off that, oh, I might have a methylation defect? So what I hear in my office is the way I always describe it. I have women that come in that say, I haven't felt well since I had my last baby which was 30 years ago. I had an illness that I was never able to recover from five years ago. I was in a car accident and I physically recovered but never felt like I got my energy back. Those are the things that I hear. I, I took an antibiotic for a sinus infection and never was able to shake the sinus infection or fully recover from it. So those are the kinds of things that I hear from my patients. You certainly could be a healthy person and evaluate your methylation, oh, fertility, obviously obviously, like my story. But you certainly could be a healthy person and evaluate your methylation and certainly hedge your bets and support that pathway appropriately. But in general, unfortunately, that's not what I see in my office. You know, you see patients that have seen seven other doctors that are about to give up. Those are the ones that come in my office. And that's those are the ones we have those conversations with. And so Everybody's hearing toxicity and detoxification is a key. You mentioned mm -hmm. fertility. Some people are scratching their heads going, what does methylation have to do with fertility? Right. That's my favorite. So, of course, methylation requires B vitamins. Okay. That's how we get that kind of uh, pathway to work. And it's a component, again, of the detox pathway. There's sulfonation. There's a, quite a few other nuances. That would be a whole nother podcast, probably like a two-day podcast. <laughs> but anyway, so it's a component of the detox pathway. In order for the methylation pathway to work properly, you need a certain level and balance of, of proper B vitamins. Those are the same B vitamins that we are required 
or that are required in order to grow a human. So when a mom gets pregnant and the sperm and the, and the egg meet, and then the cells start to multiply and replicate, those undifferentiated cells give the next set of cells cell signals as to how to make the 16 cells and then the 32 cells and then the organ systems and all of that. And if those cell signals are not set up properly because methylation is impaired because the B vitamin signals are not set up properly, then that little fetus cannot continue to grow. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, and I know I asked you to share some quotes that you live your life by with mm -hmm. me before the episode. And I love this one. You said, I help people listen to their bodies whisper so they don't have to hear it scream. Yeah. And, you know, really, which is your mission, yeah. you had to hear your body scream and so yeah. that other people don't. Absolutely. And I mean, and I even now I have women that are my age or older that, you know, struggled with fertility that never were able to have babies. That still, it makes me sad because if they had come into my office 15 years ago, I could have helped them. So it's definitely part of my calling and part of my duty. And I do feel like it's something that we have to continue to talk about because I feel like women, especially with modern medicine, they're always being told what they can can't do. They can't pass a baby through their pelvis. They can't get pregnant. They can't stay pregnant. I mean, it's so defeating. You know, nobody ever says you can do whatever you want to do. You know, your body is capable of more than you are ever, you know, able to know. So I think it's so true with the with the proper support, you really can do whatever you want to do when it comes to your health. But this whole way that we talk about health is exactly what you said. No, you can't do that. You can't do this. You're going to suffer with this. This is normal, quote unquote, for your age. It's so defeatist. It is. It's so defeatist. It's so defeatist. And it makes me so sad. So I'm glad that everyone's listening to us so they can get a dose of a reality check. Let's talk a little bit about neurotransmitter production because methylation is important for that too. How might someone get an inkling that they might have a problem? What kind of symptoms would they be having? So usually just because of my patient population, I can speak to that. I have what I call the mommy syndrome. I have women who have had years of disrupted sleep after having a couple of babies and breastfeeding for years at night, and then their kids are all in their own beds. Everybody's weaned and nobody can sleep, right? Or I have women that come in that say, I've been eating right, I've been sleeping right, I've been exercising right, and I can't budge a pound. Sometimes they complain about that little poof in their bellies that all of a sudden appeared after not ever being there. So that all has to do with neurotransmitter production because, again, if we have a challenge in methylation, we have kind of a backlog in some toxicity or extra junk that we don't need in our GI system. When that happens, the body gets overburdened. And when you're overburdened and you don't have the capability to be able to repair your cells properly, you got to store the junk somewhere. So it gets stored in the fat around the abdomen, it gets stored in the nervous system, it gets stored in the brain. And that leads to a whole bunch of imbalances, particularly around neurotransmitters, because the bulk of our neurotransmitters are, produ are produced in our gut. Yeah, and you know, two topics that are near and dear to my heart of fat metabolism and cellular energy and how they're linked to midlife difficulties and methylation is often a huge part of that. And I know some women listening are very relieved to know because their doctor tells them it's your fault that you're overweight. You just eat too much and don't move enough. That's what I was told when I was uh, 243 pounds. And so their ears are perking up and thinking, well, maybe I have a methylation problem. 
I know you mentioned the MTHFR can be done in a regular lab, but there are other methylation and detox genes that need to be looked at that you mentioned that are those readily available at their regular doctors? If the doctor is educated, yes. If not, you know, with medicine the way that it is now, we have to be our best doctor. We have to be the smartest person in the room. We have to have a PhD in ourselves and we have to advocate for ourselves. So the easiest and most direct and inexpensive way to go about looking at all of your genes is by doing one of those Ancestry or 23andMe tests. And then you can kind of pare down the pathways that you're specifically looking for. So once you have that whole genome, you store that on your computer, and then you can kind of do, if you don't have a a reliable provider, of course, then you can kind of do your own research. Like I'm looking for genes that are specific to fat metabolism, and then you can find different ways to upload those genes and kind of interpret that. There's lots and lots of ways to take a look at those pathways. And again, you don't ever want to look at one single solitary gene and have that define you. You want to look at all of the, the genes in those particular pathways to make sure that you have a good balance and in your own body. I love how you say that your genes don't define you, but they are important. And so why do you think that it's not standard of care that when we go to the doctor that they do a comprehensive genomic profile that is our library blueprint that we get to look at and learn about how we need to live our lives to optimize our genome? I wish I knew, you know, this is a conversation I have with dozens of patients a week. In most cases, my waiting list is pretty long. And so my office staff is very educated at this point. And they say, oh, if you haven't done the genetics, do that. If you haven't sent over any recent lab work, do that. Because these are all things that give me a much more comprehensive analysis of being able to help that patient in their current state. And I don't know why. I mean, it's it's such a long conversation to say, oh, my gosh, let's try this. And if it doesn't work, we can try that or if it doesn't work we can try that instead of pulling up the that patient's unique genome and taking a look at it and saying we need to support this pathway we don't need to support that pathway change this change that and we'll get you on the road to health yeah i think it would make more sense for us to all have that to refer to and then help to guide our lives but you're right it's it's more epigenetics how we're living our life but if you don't have the book checked out from the library you don't even know what's in it you don't know what you're dealing with i'm someone who has the mthfr i have co methyltransferase defects and i've got all kinds of methylation and detox problems and that's what landed me partly at 243 pounds with chronic fatigue and depression anxiety irritable bowel all these things And let's talk about mental health and methylation. How do those two pair up? Well, sure. I mean, methylation, again, is a huge component of how our bodies make and manufacture neurotransmitters. A good amount of the methylation, because we're dealing with detox pathways, of course, go through the gut. The bulk of our serotonin and our neurotransmitters are made and manufactured in the gut. So in your case, with COMP-T, right, we know that you have an impaired ability to actually kind of gather 
gather up all the old crusty neurotransmitters and be able to, <laughs> that's my favorite gene, just in case you're wondering. Oh, why? And, oh, why? because I think it's so magical. And when it works well, like the body's in perfect harmony. And when it doesn't, it's such a disaster. And it's so great to be able to <laughs> explain to my patients that way. But it can lead to leaky gut and it certainly can lead to issues with estrogen dominance. So those are huge problems that you, we can have if we don't have a balanced comp T. And certainly the comp T and the MTHFR are friendly because again, they're both triggered by the balances or imbalances in the gut. So if you're upregulating the comp T, you can be downregulating the MTHFR and then you end up in a world of hurt. You just have a soup of toxicity and you got to actually stimulate those pathways so you can get that junk out of the body. You're telling my story, Dr. <laughs> Kendra. Oh my gosh, was I a hot mess with everything you just mentioned, leaky gut and depression, yeah. anxiety. And, you know, one of the symptoms that I've had my whole life never made sense to me till I learned about methylation. And that was when I would get upset, yeah. I would be upset for so long, I couldn't calm down. People would say, well, just let it go. And I, I can't let it go, I can't let it go. And then when I learned about all these methylation pathways and that I had all these defects, it made perfect sense. So now when I get upset, I know that that's gonna happen and then I can do things to improve my methylation. So this is real world, people. This is, is. not some esoteric scientific mojo that we're talking about, this is happening to you every day. So the weight that you can't lose, the energy that you're lacking, your mood that's not stabilized, your gut that reacts to everything you eat. Mm -hmm. Methylation probably has a hand in that. So I don't think that you can, or do, let me ask you, do you think that you can have optimal health and not address methylation? I think there are some people who just innately have lived clean that are just lucky enough to have done that, that don't ever have to learn or understand the words methylation. But having that be said, for most of us that live in a pretty toxic soup world and had periods in our lives where we've done naughty things to our bodies, whether it was eating junk through medical school or, you know, there are people who, who had periods in their life where they did drugs and, and took pharmaceuticals or whatever, that I think that there's always a component of methylation that needs to be kind of fine-tuned and addressed. So I would say probably not. I think it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And I think particularly for women at midlife, because we've got so many hormonal fluctuations, well, every 28 days for most of our lives. Yeah. And then here comes programmed obsolescence with perimenopause and menopause. And it's just, it's the wrench that makes everything way worse. And probably why, why the bulk of your and my patients are women at midlife. Yeah. <laughs> and I love some of the quotes that you shared with me, and I just was wondering if you could talk a little bit about them. You have one saying, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened from Dr. Seuss. How did that become a quote that you really like? I just think it's a good kind of mantra to have in life because I tend to be kind of an emotional person anyway. So I always remind myself of the memories as opposed to the finality of it. And how might that, using that quote, help someone with their health? 
Well, I mean, think about it. If you've been sick for 30 years, it becomes something that defines you. So if you take three or four years to recover yourself from an illness that's defined you for 30 years, I mean, sometimes there's a morning, it, it sounds so crazy because who who in their right mind would ever want to continue to be sick, right? Mm -hmm. But if it defines you and you've accommodated your life in such a way to be able to survive with this illness or this condition for 30 years, and you've taken several years to be able to recover from it, I mean, there's a mourning period, mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds. So you have to redefine who you are as a healthy person. And that can yeah. be hard for people. It can, you know, it gets into the emotional component of illness and it really can define you. And there is kind of a grieving of who am I without this illness? Yeah. How do I live my life? It consumed all my time and energy. And then you have to find new passions, which in my opinion is an amazing opportunity. Yeah. But I do work with people as they struggle with this. I don't even know who I am without my disability from my illness and figuring out who I am in the world. I'm wondering if you can share any patients that really stand out to you who had methylation defect as a part of their problem and kind of the journey that they went through. The best story I have is a little kid. It's a kind of a funny story. It was this beautiful family that came in and they were just all beautiful people. They sit, the husband sits down, the son sits in the middle and the wife sits on the other side. And again, I had the good fortune of looking at everybody's genetics before they walked in the door. So I said nothing, I didn't greet them. I picked up my papers and I said, you have migraine headaches, don't you, to the wife? And she said, yes. And then and I said to the husband, I said, you have a drinking problem or a potential for a drinking problem, don't you? And he said, yes. And I, the little boy I knew was coming in with a tick disorder. So I said, uh, and you have a tick disorder. And so he said, yes. And it was the same kind of methylation challenge. Had a sinus infection. They treated him with an antibiotic. After the antibiotic, the sinus infection didn't go away, but the ticks showed up. So it turned out he upregulated his COMP-T. It wasn't even really an MTHFR gene. Mm -hmm. And by balancing his both his gut flora and his B, his B vitamins, we were able to get rid of the ticks. And, be, and because I had the genetics of all everybody in the family, you know, you're able to kind of treat everybody together. So it was just, you know, you kind of feel a little bit like a soothsayer when you have the opportunity to look at somebody's genetics and know a lot about them before they've even opened their mouths. So, and they were, and the only reason I'm telling that story is because it reminded me of you with your zero to 60 personality. Yeah. And that's exactly what kind of child this was. Is And, you know, after you talk about the ticks and then you resolve the ticks, the parents are like, he gets mad a lot. <laughs> and so, so then you get, you know, you get a little bit further deeper into some of the issues. But again, a comprehensive explaining of these genetics to pa both parents and to even children at that age. I think that little boy was probably 10 or 11, so old enough to know at that point. It gives them the personal empowerment to be able to kind of go on and start to make their own health decisions that are better to be able to support these pathways that are a little bit out of balance. So I know some people listening are thinking, oh my gosh, she's a magician. How did she know that the woman had migraines and the husband had an alcohol problem? To walk everyone through 
What told you that? When you have somebody's unique genetic profile, there are different things that come up. There are specific genes for migraine headaches. There are specific genes for addiction. There are specific genes for blue eyes. I'm just not looking at those because as a health provider, there's nothing I can do about that. But, you know, by studying the genetics the way I have over the years, you get a very comprehensive analysis and understanding of which genes work on which pathways and how those affect your particular patient that's sitting in front of you. Yeah, it is kind of like this magic box that gives you this vision into who people are. And it's almost like a magic trick, like that you can tell them what line they picked out of a book. You can say, oh yeah, this, I know this about you. It's really amazing. I encourage everybody listening, if you haven't had a comprehensive genetic profile to have one, it really is so important. It's not genetic determinism that we, we oftentimes default to. I think in mainstream medicine where we say, oh, my mother had a hysterectomy. I used to have women come to me all the time when I practiced regular OBGYN and say, my mother had a hysterectomy at 40. I'm ready for my hysterectomy. Well, genetics doesn't work that way, but it does work that it's this library that your your lifestyle choices select certain books out of and will take out and exhibit. So you do have a lot of control. What can people do if they discover that they have a methylation problem? So the first thing that I would say is, you know, be your best and own doctor. Decide what that means to you as far as your methylation problem. Is it that your glutathione levels are low? Is it that your energy level is low? Is it that you're constantly sick? What is it about the methylation that's out of balance for you? And then start to do some, you know, just some natural holistic things. Clean up your diet, turn off your Wi-Fi at night, Make sure you're exercising to tolerance that your body can handle. Make sure that your sleep is good. You know, change your pillow, change your mattress, change the direction in your room. You know, some very, very simple things can be super, super supportive and healing to the human body. If nobody ever said anything to you, you might not even notice. I had um, a patient, they have three children. One actually died of cancer. She had gone through two rounds of chemotherapy and lost her life on the second round. In talking with the family, you know, when you lose a child like that, the family came in and they were deeply concerned about the other two children and their potential risk of getting cancer. And so we just kind of went through some natural things that we know that can support the body and natural immune balance. So we said, you know, turn off your Wi-Fi at night and make sure you're not eating any processed food that has chemicals in it and, and make sure that you're not using any pesticides on your yard. I mean, nobody had ever said any of these things to this family. Mm-hmm. It's important to have those sorts of conversations. Certainly there are natural things we can do to detox. You can jump on a trampoline. These are all things that are healthy for the vast majority of the population. And so jumping on a trampoline helps boost and balance the immune system and move the lymphatic fluid into the circulatory system so the body can eliminate it appropriately. Make sure you're drinking a lot of clean purified water because that helps move the bowels and eliminate stool. So there's a lot of natural things that we can do that are just naturally helpful. If that doesn't kind of, that, and to be honest with you, that helps 85% of people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a terrible business plan for us, but it's certainly, like I always say, it's certainly good for our social set, right? At least we have more people to go for coffee with. But And then if that's not the case, then you really need to find a specialist in your area, whether it's somebody who's focused on the genetics that you need to be treated or the condition that you need to be treated, but having some good guidance and having somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, it can be tremendously helpful. Yeah, I think it's so important 
important to start with the basics and they're so neglected in mainstream medicine. It's just not taught. It's not what we're taught in medical school or residency. It's mm -hmm. always what's the big drug, the latest drug that you can give. Yeah. And I think that we basically train people to believe that it's not about the everyday choices they make. Do I drink water out of the faucet or do I research and find an appropriate water filter that doesn't come on my fridge that actually removes everything it needs to remove and drink that? We just don't focus on this or what way our bed is facing or turning off the Wi-Fi at night. And the basics are so important. How do you get people though? I, I talk to a lot of people and they say, well, everybody I know drinks water out of the tap and eats this food and they're okay. Why do I have to live this in this bubble? What happened to me before I turned 40, which was almost 10 years ago, just in case you were wondering, I was really kind of gentle with my patients. And I was like, I get it. Like organic food is expensive and things like that. Right. And then after I turned 40, I'm like, forget it. It's pay now, pay later. You decide. And so that's literally my answer to my patients. I'm sorry you have to buy organic food. It's certainly better than the alternative of X, Y, and Z who's suffering with this or X, Y, and Z who's suffering with that or so-and-so who can't work. And I am absolutely that frank with my patients. <laughs> well, and I am too. And the older I get, the more frank I am because people just don't hear it when you say, well, maybe you should get a better water filter. And it's pay now, pay later. And that relates to another quote you shared with me, eat clean, train mean, practice forgiveness. Yep, indeed. <laughs> You said is your mantra. So how did this come about? You know, because people have asked me for years what my mantra was and I couldn't come up with a good one other than what I ever did for myself. And I think it makes perfect sense. Like take care of your body with food, move your body. I mean, these are, I feel like sometimes I'm talking to my Italian immigrant grandmother. I mean, these are things she would say to me in Italian uh -huh. and then forgiveness kills you. You know, if you're not practicing forgiveness and you're holding a grudge, I mean, that will completely destroy your life. It destroys relationships. It's not worth it. Forgive yourself first and forgive everybody else next. And that's it. Yeah, let's talk about forgiveness before we wrap up, because I think it's so important. It's something that I talk with my ladies about in my programs. And I don't think people get how this relates to their health. Can you help them understand that? Sure. Well, we can go back to my favorite gene, the comp T, right? So if you're angry with somebody, I mean, just let's say that somebody cut you off, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody cut you off on the highway and now you're angry, right? And so that you've carried with you all the way home. You may even mention it to whoever's in your house with you just because of this one teeny tiny incident. If you take the exact amount of time that it took for somebody to cut you off to forgive them and you just moved on from it, you have all those positive neurotransmitters that are now flooding your body instead of all of the negative ones. And we know that negative neurotransmitters, the ones that upregulate our pulse and our blood pressure can actually cause acidity in our body. And we know acidity is largely linked with cancer and inflammatory disease. So stay away from it. I love it. That is the most simple explanation of why forgiveness is vital to your health that I have ever heard. That was perfect. Thank you so much. Done and done. <laughs> done and done. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kendra, for joining us today and enlightening us about methylation, which is such a key factor of our overall health and well-being. I know that you have a free guide 
all you can eat for everyone. We will have the link in the show notes and you've got a coupon code for 20% off, which yep. is 2020-OFF21. 20-OFF21. We will have all this in the show notes. So you don't, if you're driving, please don't try to write this down, but tell them about this guide. Sure. So my book is really great. It's a nice self-healing, you know, self kind of propelled journey. Talks a lot about how to eat, how to look for the right things as far as healing yourself. How You know, because a lot of people always say that organic food or healing diets can be really cost prohibitive. My book gives you a lot of opportunity to be able to just do it inexpensively, uh, buy in bulk, and it gives you a lot of guidelines that way. It goes through the importance of detox the importance of organs, the importance of certain nutrient foods and things like that. Awesome. Thank you so much for that resource. And I want to challenge everybody listening today. Don't just listen and say, oh, that's great information. I want you to think about one thing that you heard today that you're going to put into practice. Are you going to turn your Wi-Fi off at night? Are you going to jump on the trampoline? Are you going to get a genetic profile. What are you going to do? Just pick one thing super easy and then commit to it and commit to a date. Like, are you going to do it within the next month? I think that's a great time period. You could do one of these things within the next month. Thank you so much, Dr. Kendra, for joining us. Thank you for this wonderful information and for the wonderful resource. My pleasure. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.